We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Good evening, welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is Talk of the Tune with me and Sid, and uh, we've got a, a little addition to today's show. We're going to uh, integrate Rob's, Rock and Rob's music review, his album review, into the show halfway through. Uh, we just thought with the, uh, the, the the stuff that we're going to do with uh, Sid over the over the shows, it was nice to invite Rob in and uh, be part of it as well. So, uh, Sid, welcome. How are you? I'm good, mate. Good. Not bad. Yourself? Good, mate. Good to see you. And you've got in your title, Songs from the Attic. 1977. Uh-huh. So before we start talking football, just tell us a little bit about this, mate. So yeah, basically, I uh, like everybody, I suppose, run a run a YouTube show, <laughs> and uh, and basically, I'm, it's a music show. So I'm I'm going back over. I'll go over various bands and we will rank their albums. Sometimes there's going to be uh, live gig reviews. There's also going to be album reviews and so on and so forth. So the latest one that we've done is where about Beatles, of course. Um, so we've ranked the Beatles albums. We've actually got Pete Bell on as well. So from Newcastle. So shout out for Pete if he's watching. Great lad. He's in the Who tribute band, the Hooligans. Um, or the Hoodlums, sorry, the Hoodlums, I beg your pardon. Um, so, yeah, it was very good. We've also, on the show, we sort of get various guests from all over. Currently, we have a, an American guy on called Jeremy quite a bit as well. And uh, he was originally uh, the bass player in the band that turned out to be the Beastie Boys. So that's wow. uh, quite interesting. And he also took the photograph for the Paul's Boutique album for the Beastie Boys. He's a great lad as well. And he's in New York. So I'm actually going to meet him later on in the year when I'm over there. So, yeah, it's great fun. I mean, obviously, because of my age and the demographics, most of them will be sort of older artists. We've covered XTC. We've covered Susie and the Banshees, Kate Bush, Genesis, Roxy Music, etc., etc. Madness. Um, but there will be newer bands as well, like Fontaine's DC. And, and, and I say newer, the Arctic Monkeys have been going for about 20 years. But, you know, there'll be bands like that as well, as well as a few more modern bands as well. Okay, and that's basically what we do. It's just good fun, and people get people to send the lists in. Some people get really irate and <laughs> really nasty comments, but most people are pretty spot on and all the rest of it. You know, it's just good fun. Okay, so, songs, yeah. songs from the attic. It's called of anybody nineteen seventy seven. Yeah. So if oh, anybody yeah. wants, if anybody wants to uh, subscribe to that, uh, please do. What I'll do is as well, um, I will stick it. I'll, I'll make it easy for people. But it's uh, there we go. 
uh, songs from the attic 1977 that's your, uh, your your easy to follow address just uh type that into your browser and you'll be able to find it i did the jam um i think on there um which was uh which which was a, probably about a year and a half ago now that i did yeah, that yeah it's about yeah. that i would say so yeah and that's and done good, all right and the good thing about this is i think your first show last week i think you hit over 2000 views so well done to you on on coming on to here um, now, those 2,000 people who watched and hopefully will watch again on this pre-record tonight, um, if only a quarter of you go and subscribe to Songs from the Attic, <laughs> 1977, that will get that channel, Sid's channel, up to 1,000 uh, subscribers. So please yeah. do that. Um, the 1,000 subscribers is a big milestone for anyone yeah. joining YouTube. It means you can open a whole host of uh, new things on there. So uh, please give it a sub. Get yourself over to Songs from the Attic, 1977. Uh, it's well worth watching those videos when you've got a spare time as well. Some great stuff up there. I think there's um, yeah, over 30 up there now. So get yourself onto there. Give it a sub and help sit out. Thanks uh, for uh, doing that. That's, if you've done it. Awesome, Steve. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, that's what it's all about, mate. Scratching yeah. people's backs. But let's get on to football. Uh, mm. The FA Cup, mate. And, um, yeah, listen, that was a great result. Um, I don't care what anybody says. It wasn't, it wasn't a master class. It wasn't... It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a wonderful, wonderful performance. First half, a little bit, you know, a little bit subdued. Second half, more like the Newcastle United were known love. Uh, two goals, one from Longstaff, who probably had his best game for a while. One from Dan Byrne, who, uh, you know, scores key goals in cup games. He's got a history of that now in a black and white shirt, which he'd be proud of. But uh, two great goals for me and um, team goals. A clean sheet, Dubravka doing his bit as well in, in, in the game. Uh, overall, I was I was delighted, and um, I think really as well it, it it quieted a few of the doubters, including Marco Silva, who you know was whinging on about you know playing with ten minutes in James's Park and Newcastle, you know Newcastle United didn't deserve that three 0 result. It would have been a different game if we'd had our men on the pitch. Well, there you go. We've come to your place. We'll beat you two 0 knock you out the cup. End of story. But look, we're through the fifth round and a decent and a decent draw as well. Yeah, a cracking draw actually. And uh, despite what other people may think, I want Blackburn, and I want Blackburn just because more fans get to go to the game. So yes, the romances of it all is you want Wrexham. And tell me if I'm wrong, and somebody will, and I'm sure I probably am. I'm sure we got knocked out by Wrexham in the late seventies, and Bobby Shinton scored. We did. Signed them. Um, I'm sure we then signed them. He had. Probably along with Steve Bruce, the worst news in football. It was it was <laughs> over there somewhere, wasn't it? <laughs> um, and I, I think if I remember, was he was he our top scorer one year with about seven goals? It was it, him or Alan Shoulder. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't it? I'm sure it was about seven goals with our top scorer during the dark dark days. Um, yeah, so I, I I sort of recall that. I'm sure it was about seventy nine, something like that. Uh, I don't want Wrexham, you know, and I know they've got all the, the whole film star thing going on and it's great and it's a lovely little story, but Blackburn, the Shearer Derby, if you like, um, so that'd be quite nice. Uh, you can go again, can't you, Nick? You can physically yeah. sit in either end of the crowd and he's not going to get any grief. Um, uh, and yeah, Blackburn, I think in a funny sort of way, I think it'll be an easier game. I think it'll be an yeah. easier game because you're not going to get the media circus um, so yeah, I, I would prefer that. We'd get seven and a half thousand down, so you take over a whole end. Uh, yeah, it'd be fabulous. I, I, I would expect us to win as well, quite comfortably. Because yeah, they're not, they're not shaking, like you know, they're not sort of bringing up any trees at the moment, other. Um, but it was odd because I watched the game, it, I watched about half an hour in the O2 in London because obviously I was going to the concert, and so we watched it in this pub. 
and there was no Newcastle fans there. It was literally me, my wife, and some bloke. And that was it. Nobody else was sat around or stood around watching it. Uh, so we watched for half an hour, then we went into the show. And then I've got home and I watched it all last night. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a workmanlike performance, but you've got to do what you've got to do. And people, it's quite disrespectful to Fulham because they're a pretty good team and their home record was actually really, really good. Um, they did well against Man United recently, Fulham, City, I think it was. They're a, they're a decent team, but they can't score. But when I watched it, honestly, I, the commentary was so appalling. It was unbelievable. I mean, I have to openly declare that I, I cannot abide Clive Tilsley. I can't stand him. I remember once watching him when, when we were getting beat off Man United. And I remember the line because it's something that jumps out at you. And it was um, it was something along the... And it was, I'm paraphrased slightly, but it was was Manchester United one, Kevin Keegan nil. And I just thought, how oh, wait, man, really? And I just thought that I just summed the man up to me, uh, you know, putting his putting his allegiances to the four. And then Lee Dixon, what was going on there? It sounded to me like they basically told him that instead of his usual wage, they were putting him on minimum wage for the night. And uh, yeah. it was so, it was like it was the last thing he wanted to do in the world. And he, he just couldn't abide. I thought we were playing Real Madrid the way he was going on. I mean, they had two shots. Yeah. I mean, Dubravka pulled off a fantastic sh uh, shot. And a bit well done to him because I think he's really coming into form. And he's, his footwork's excellent, actually. He's really, really good with his feet. Some of his passing was tremendous. Doesn't come off his line, but re really, really good with his passing and a good shot stopper. And, you know, terrific. He's doing really, really well. He's really coming into form. But that was it. That's all he had. They had nothing. And Newcastle could have scored three or four times. I mean, Murphy arguably should have scored earlier on. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, hard. It's, it's hard to say we didn't deserve to win. We weren't great, but, but we played well enough. And both goals were, were good. I mean, I really enjoyed the, the second one in particular. The, the header was terrific by Botman. It was a really good save by their keeper. And Dan Byrne did what a good player should be doing. And he was following up whilst their players were busy just watching what was going on. So, yeah, good workmanlike performance. Well done to the lads. Terrific performance. And obviously a massive shout out to the crowd because the thing that jumped out watching it on TV was how loud the away fans were. I mean, they just dominated the whole game. You just heard them throughout. Couldn't hear Fulham at all. So, yeah, well done. Terrific. No, I would agree, mate. Um, very happy with uh, with the performance. Um, you mentioned uh, Blackburn and, and hoping that you get them in the next round. I, I've got to be honest, I, I do as well. Um, it, it's an interesting statistic. Out of the last 10 FA Cup fifth round ties, we've played them four times in that really? stage of the competition. Yeah. Uh, the most recent visit to Ewood Park was in 2019. Uh, that was a third round replay, though, which ended in a 4-2 win for, for Newcastle. Sean Longstaff was among the goal scorers that, uh, that particular year. But, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting stat. Uh, I guess TV would want the Wrexham-Newcastle game <laughs> basically because it's a massive, it would be a massive, massive, you know, banana skin for Newcastle, of course. But also because of the respective owners, Hollywood versus Saudi. They'd also put it on at 8 o'clock so our fans couldn't get home as well. Yeah. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Um, no. Yeah, of course they'd, they'd want all of that, wouldn't they? You know, and they'd, they'd give it the whole moral outrage as well, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so yeah, for me, as I say, definitely Blackburn. It's easier to get to. It's not that hard to get to. Two and a half hours, two hours, whatever. Um, yeah, pretty straightforward. Wrexham's a nightmare to get to. It's just past Chester. 
you've got to do all that sort of weaving around. So yeah, definitely would definitely be uh, definitely Blackburn for me. And I, th- I think I think it'll be a much easier game. I think it'll be a much easier game because the players won't be distracted by the whole, as I say earlier on the the whole media circus. We've been blighted by injuries all season, but one uh, plus point at the weekend was uh, Jacob Murphy's return to the uh, the first team and uh, had a good game. Uh, bearing in mind he's been out for so long, he he looked he looked how ready. Um, you know he wasn't he wasn't you know he wasn't blown certainly not, and uh, you know created a couple of chances and it was just good to see him back in back in full flow. I, th- I think it's a huge plus. He's really fast. He tracks back. He does all the things that Miggy does. Obviously, a different player. He doesn't cut inside, but he does go out and he can whip a good ball in. Um, I thought he had a pretty decent game. And for a first game back, you're always rusty. And you could argue that's maybe why he didn't finish the first one. But then the one that he did finish, which was offside, was a fabulous finish. He tucked it away really well and absolutely hammered it. Um, so I thought he had a, I thought he had a good game. I thought he had a good game. I thought most of the players had a good game. There's nobody jumps out and you go, oh, well, he was a nightmare. I mean... When I first watched the first bit that I watched before I had to go into the gig, we were looking at Burn and they were like, they were targeting them for the first 20 minutes or so. And I'm thinking, hmm, there's, there's a gap on the left. There's definitely a gap. And I keep harping about the number six thing. Uh, and I'll harp on until it eventually happens or doesn't. Um, but they just flick the ball over the top. And then there's a big gap and Burn's sort of isolated a little bit. So I, feel, I do feel a bit sorry for him. Uh, and it, it, there's often a two on one and he's having to decide which way to go until the sort of, until the other players catch up. But he was the only one up to that point I thought was struggling. And then after that, he played really, really well. He played really, really well. Um, so nobody had a poor game. I thought they all played pretty well. My man of the match was Botman. I thought he was just absolutely rock solid. Gets the ball, passes us around, does some really good challenges because he's got one of those it's one of those tacklers, isn't he? You just think he's got past you and he just sticks out a leg and, and just knocks it out. He's a terrific player, aren't he? I know the the analogy with the Rolls Royce gets used a lot, but he but he is, isn't he? He's a top top draw player, a top draw player. So yeah, good game, just a very very professional performance, and that is for me. Obviously, the league's got to be important, and we have to really push on. But that's that's it's got to be a real priority, doesn't it? You know, the FA Cup when we mentioned this last week, it has to be a priority. We just got to try, you know, got to go and try and win it. There's not many teams to fear. I mean. My big, as I, as I was saying last week, my big worry, worry team of all the teams is always Liverpool. And I think Newcastle can also almost put it down as, a, as the benchmark. The, the minute they start beating Liverpool, and I've mentioned this one on a regular basis, is when Newcastle have finally come of age as a team and they've finally made it because they're the team who... They sig- who have got a, they've got the worst record against. I mean, that goes right back to 1974. That's the first game I ever remember watching as a little kid was the cup final. And up to that point, Newcastle had won more trophies than Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything died. You know, just went like that afterwards. We went one way, and Liverpool went the other way. Um, and they're the only team that I fear. Yes, City, great team, obviously, and you don't want to get City away from home. But at home, I think we can beat anybody. But my worry is Liverpool. After that. I don't think there's anybody else to worry about in with regards to the rest of the competition. And I think we have a real, a real chance. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, sorry, Steve. No, go on. One other thing I wanted to point out was noticeable how none of the big teams drew each other yesterday in the draw. I thought that was really odd. And I was praying that Liverpool would get Man City or something, you know. None of them drew each other. Not one of them. 
Yeah, it was um, it was probably the most uneventful FA Cup draw that I'd ever seen. Yeah, um, we were out last in the last in the in the fourth round draw. We're out first in the in the fifth round draw. But other than that, no real excitement, no big games. And and like I say, there's probably only Wrexham Newcastle. If that was to to happen, would be considered a a game worthy of television uh, television coverage. But yeah, pretty boring, pretty boring uh, cup ties. Uh, not as far as Man United is a potential. Uh, Man United got through, of course, yesterday by the skin of their teeth. But not Forest have to win a replay. They could get through. That's potentially another game, only because of the you know the connection of those two teams. And you know, Cluffy when, when Cluffy was manager, there, there were good games. Forest versus Man United. Both teams were you know in, in the same league back in the day, and it was. I fancy Forest to win it at the minute. So yeah, me too. Yeah, I would agree with you, mate. I would. I would agree with you. Um, only controversial decision in the FA Cup. Uh, game was was the, the the you know from Longstaff's goal you know it came from Bruno uh, you know Lee Dixon which you've already mentioned you know trying to insinuate it was a handball I mean that was never a handball I mean not in a million years I know I know VAR and you know and rules are difficult to understand the offside rule is more difficult now than it's ever been uh, but the handball rule is simple and that it just didn't hit his hands it yeah well I, I, it was hard to tell. Um... But he didn't. The rule is: is it didn't hit. If it did hit his hand, he didn't then go on and score. Um, if he did, then it would get disallowed. So it was accident. It was not much you could do. It was literally a yard away or so. So it's a, it's an odd one in it. The, hand, the handball rule, and I know Shira keeps going on about it as well, needs to really be very very clear. It's just strictly deliberate handball, and that's it. And I think that's fair enough. That's not a hard choice. Um, Unless it's deliberate, you know, it seems to be preventing the goal, and you're, you're ten yards away and it hits you on the arm. Then, I'm, you know, I, th- I think you've got a chance to move out the way. Well, in this case, no, I don't think there was any there was any real gripes at all. Apparently, Silva walked out of the press conference with regards to it in a huff again. You're thinking, well, what did you do? What did you do in your whole game? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So you have no right to really sort of storm off in a sort of tizzy. You know, it's, just take it like you know, just take it, just. Just accept it, you know. Yeah, fair. That's yeah. That yeah, yeah. Youngster um, was on the bench. Travis Hearns, uh, Joe White, of course, returned from his loan spell at Crew Alexandra, but was cup tied, so he was ineligible to play. But uh, yeah, Travis Hearns didn't get on the pitch. We signed by Newcastle from Shrewsbury Town last September. Another eighteen-year-old in and around the first team. I know a lot of this has been, you know, due to the injuries. Um, but you know, Murphy was on the bench again. Uh, Hearns now. Parkinson was on the bench again. Um, it, it's interesting, isn't it, to, to, to see how many of our youngsters, you know, some bought and some that come all the way through the academy, like Miley, are, are capable of stepping in and stepping up when needed. Well, Murphy's the one that gets me because I thought he was fantastic in the pre-seasons in America. He looked a real, real player. And you've listened to some of the other the other people talking about him. They, they really rave about him. And he was the big prospect coming from Ireland. And they, they absolutely think he's going right to the top. So I suspect he will be at a top championship club next season. I think you'll get a. I think you'll get a year out on loan, which is probably what he needed now. But we can't do it because of all the injuries. Um, he, yeah, he. In fact, he's unlucky not to get a game. In some respects, the amount the amount of times we've been out of players at left back, um, he could he could have probably been played on occasions. And I would have I would have, I would have thrown him in because he looked. He's got a bit of pace about him. He seems to be good in the air. He seems to read the game well. He seems to have everything about him. And I know I'm just going off pre-season, but he looked a fabulous prospect. And we said the same about Miley. He looked great in pre-season. And, and he's come through and looks a terrific player. 
I mean, granted, he's only 17 and he can get knocked off the ball a bit, but he looks a super, super player. Delighted they've, um, delighted they've extended his contract today. Um, I don't know how long. Nobody's nobody's actually stated how long he's, he's actually signed for. But it, Miley's been fab. And if, if they're coming through, there are obviously more players going to come through as well. We've got the young lad, the young lad at uh, PSV. He looks a prospect as well. So it's all plus, it's all positives on that front because how awful, how awful for so many years has the has has the reserves and the youngsters been at the club. There's hardly been anybody coming through over the years. We've been lucky to get Anderson, looks like he's a player. Sean Longstaff's obviously done well, but after that, where we were struggling to name a series of players who've actually come on and made it. Um, so yeah, Minty. Sorry, I forgot his name. Others looking less positive. Qual, is he going to make it? I'm not sure. Will Miley's brother be at the club next year? His elder brother, I'm not sure. He probably will. I think he's maybe he's of an age where he maybe he needs to go now and and try and get a career out of football. And that's that's a good thing about the the youth system. We will, not every player is going to make it, but what they might do. In terms of the top level, they might go and play at League One, they might go and play at Championship, and they'll have a full-time career as a football, a footballer. And the club will get a bit of money as well, and it's guaranteed income just constantly coming in. And that's what the likes of Chelsea do so well. And we have to we have to really go down that route. Yeah, you, know? uh, you mentioned Lewis Miley um, today. Obviously, we're pre-recording the show on Monday. Uh, signed a new long-term contract. Uh, important to tie him down, definitely, isn't it? He's a super player. What was interesting it was the last game. I didn't realise how quick he was because he looks quite slow when he's got this weird gait when he runs. It's very bizarre. Like Chris, Waddle, like, like Chris Waddle. Yeah, maybe he's like Waddle. He's got this... It's just... I can't describe it. It's almost like his legs are, are wrapped up in sort of tape and he's like... He's got this bizarre, weird run, like straight-legged. But then he, he did this sprint and it was lightning quick and I thought, oh, he's actually got to turn the pace. Because our midfield is desperately slow at the minute. And again, I harped on about this last week about how slow Bruno is. I'm not having a go at him. It's just nothing you can do about pace. You've either got it or you haven't. Sean's not, he's not lightning quick, is he? He's just a moderate pace player. I would like to see some proper pace in the in the in the midfield. And that's probably one of the reasons why we're getting done over the top so often as well. Um, and certainly in the and certainly in the middle of the park when they're running through. But going back to Miley, what a prospect he looks. And I believe, I believe they see him more as an advanced midfielder long term. They see him more as an attacking player who's going to bang goals in and be creative. So that'll be what his apprenticeship is really now, isn't it? He's played on the right, he's played in the middle, and he's playing on the left now. So he's playing right across the area. So he's it's going to it's going to give him that knowledge in terms of where to put the ball, what runs to make, and, and so on and so forth. So he's he's a fantastic prospect, fantastic. Mm. Yeah. The, trans the transfer window is uh, rumbling on uh, Only a few more days to go um, Eddie Howe, of course, uh, was hauled over the coals last Friday Hauled over the coals again on Monday With regards to ins and outs um, Played it with a straight bat on Friday Played it with a straight bat on Monday um, Friday he seemed to give an indication That he, he didn't have much communication With regards to transfers And he was concentrating on coaching the team Monday seemed to readdress it by saying Well you know, I am involved. I just don't stand and look at spreadsheets all day. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's it, it's it's tough for how because I guess, and we discussed this a little bit last week that 
it looks as if we're going to be celebrating the fact that we haven't let anybody go. That is indeed if nobody goes. You know, Miguel Miron looks potentially the most likely of the big name players that we've got who could go in this transfer window. Jamal Lascelles, again, I'd say probably, you know, if you were talking bookmakers' prices, is probably evens as a potential player who could go. And I think, you know, if we lose one of them and don't replace it, it it's clearly leaving a gap. Not as big a gap as it would be if we lost Callum Wilson, for example, but it's yeah. still a, it's still a gap. So yeah, it's it's been a frustrating window, hasn't it? And um, and I love the fact that Craig Hope said, "Does this mean you're going to have a war chest?" Copyright Alan Oliver that um, in uh, in the summer um, when you know the the late the, this this three year period of FFP stops and you enter a new period of FFP. Uh, he said, "Well, I'd, I'd prefer to focus on the here and now," you know, and and he. He just plays it so well at the press conferences. He really does. He does. And the transfer thing, I mean, everybody's online checking to see what the rumours are. And we've, I mean, we all saw the photo of Miggy going into the the RVI the other day, which was very bizarre. Um, why would, would nobody know? Everybody's speculating. I mean, I wouldn't be devastated to see him go, but I, I would be devastated if we didn't get anybody to replace him. Um, so there has to be somebody who comes in and replaces these players it's a bit late for some of them, but it was always going to go down the wire. I mean, Wilson's Wilson's another one. I, I don't see the point of getting rid of a centre-forward if you ain't going to replace him. Wilson's barely fit, unfortunately. He's a top, top player, but he's barely fit. And again, I'll probably let him go in the summer rather than now. I think there'll be a few out in the summer. Um, Lascelles, again, he's one I mentioned last week. I would probably keep him. I'd give him a yes contract if I'm being honest. I think he's played so well. He deserves to he deserves to remain remain around the club. But if he does go, then obviously we, we give him our blessings and thank him for everything he's done because he's been a, a terrific pro. There's never been any sort of... There's never been anything in the press about Lascelles or anything like that. It's always been good. He's, he's always comes across as a top lad as well. But yeah, it's it's interesting because the rumour that keeps circulating around is Billings, isn't it, from Bournemouth. He seems to be the player that sort of mentioned coming in if we sell somebody. But then Billings, if Billings is the answer, what's the question? Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're saying, oh yeah, he's a replacement for Joe Linton, but is he really? Is he really? Mm. He's, an, he's an all right player. Doesn't make me go, oh, he's fantastic. I can't wait to see him play. Um and, and then I've heard nothing else in terms of anybody else. You can, like everybody, I think Hoff is just made up on the internet and you just sort of take things with a huge pinch of salt. But Billing seems to be pretty straight. There's been a number of journalists have mentioned him now, so there, there must be, there's probably something in it. And the fact that Eddie Howe originally signed him, although I have no no joy in seeing Hoff of Bournemouth coming to Newcastle, you know. But... <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm 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 unsure. I'd you'd you'd like it to be finished now, really. In an ideal world, we should have got two players in. Have we got any money? I don't know. I mentioned last week. I think we'll have a lot of money in the summer, and they're probably just going to keep their pot pot tight. They should give. They, we should have two players in though. We should. We desperately needed a holding midfielder. I keep harping on about it, and we needed an attacker, probably on the right, mm. and. So far, we've got nobody. Will they go at the last minute? They mm -hmm. might do. They might do because everybody's playing chicken at the moment. And then last minute. I mean, this. if you look at the window, I believe last year they were close to a billion pound in transfers last January. And it's like, it's less than 100 million at the moment. It's less, I think it's about 50 million. It's really, really low. Nobody's buying. So yeah. it's something clearly not right there.
something clearly not right, but we desperately need two players. And also new players freshen up the dressing room. It creates a new sort of a new vibe, a new spark, and everybody gets a little bit excited about somebody else coming in and it G's it all up. And I just think I think they could probably do with doing that as well. We probably need it. Oh. Yeah, it was great to hear Kieran Trippier on Radio Newcastle getting interviewed by Razor, Matthew Razbeck, just squashing any of the rumours. You know, he said, yeah, look, it's flattering at my age to be linked with a club as big as as, as I have been. But, you know, my my you know my time at Newcastle is not over. I am I'm a Newcastle United player. I'm looking forward to the, you know, the, the rest of the season to get us back on track, you know, to continue the run in the FA Cup, to get it as high, high as possible in the league. And um, you know, I'm I'm not looking to move. So I, I thought it was great that that kills that off stone dead. Yeah, I think his deal's done now, isn't it? If he was gonna go, he'd have gone by now. So I think that's done. Um, but the others, it's hold on to your hats, isn't it? Because Chelsea are allegedly interested in again, it's all come up again today. Chelsea are interested in Wilson, which yeah. seems an odd, which seems an odd one. Seems an odd one because you've got a guy who's barely fit there struggling for injuries up front. It's yeah. Yeah, but their their transfer policy is just bonkers. Yeah, um, it is absolute absolutely crazy. It, it really is, and the Wilson story just seems to have come from you know from from far left. Nobody knows where it's come from. You know, Eddie Howard, his press conference on Monday saying you know it's you know he's in, he's injured, um, yeah. but he says I've spoken to to Callum, and uh, you know he's not he's not wanting to move. We're happy with him. He's happy with us. He wants to get back in the team, and you know he essentially wants to get back in the team and you know push on. If you've got injury problems like he's got muscle muscular, you want to go to the sun. And I, th I think you'll go somewhere warm in the summer, whether it's yeah. Italy, Spain, Saudi, whatever. I think that's where he'll end up doing. You'll go somewhere warm. We're doing the world of good. Of course um, So, yeah. Okay, we're halfway through the show. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, Rob after the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and bins. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks again to Mr. Vicky Sources, handmade in Cumbria. If you'd like to order some, then give them a call on 01768 210102. Go to their website, mrvickies.co.uk, or drop them an email, info at mrvickies.co.uk. A big thanks to United Group Travel. They're a family firm based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the Northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They've got a presence on Facebook and a website, unitedgrouptravel.com. If you want to make a booking, give them a call on 01670-632-460 or mobiles 0791 41654. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. Let us look after you in your time of need. They're based on Old Durham Road in Gateshead, and you can contact them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk or give them a call, 0191 478 2730. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things. And a big thanks to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, hit the thumb up to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and share to your other social media.
You can also pay a one-off fee of £25 to get a scarf, a cup, a pen and a membership card. Go to the website nufcmatters.com and click membership or put your smartphone over this QR code. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make some donations virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. We're also a podcast on Spotify, iTunes and other podcast providers. Just search NUFC Matters. I'm also a part of the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. You can listen to that Monday to Friday, 7 or 9 at the tune. UK.com Welcome, Rob. How are you? Uh, really good, Steve. How are you? Yep, good to see you. Sid, Rob, good. Rob, Sid. Hello, Rob. How are you doing? Say, Sid, are you all right? I'm good, nice mate. Good to see you. Thank good you. to see you. So as as many of you who uh, are regular viewers to NUFC Matters channel will know, Rob uh, has had his own section for uh, many months uh, reviewing mm. albums. We thought it was uh, time to introduce him uh, to uh, NUFC Matters proper, bring him into the fold. And this show seems the, the ideal show to do it. So, Rob... Uh, which album are you going to uh, bring us today? Today is Johnny Marr's Fever Dreams, part one to four. Really good album. Um, love the cover to it. Just less is more to me. That was um, part of his recording studio that he recorded some of the album on. Really good album. I'm quite surprised I liked it as much as I did. So this is his fourth studio album. The first two or three parts were released as EPs in 2021 with the full album being released in 2022. This album peaked at number four. It's a double album. So there's quite a few songs on it, 16 to be honest. Um, fun fact here, one of my favorite bands, The Cult, or I was known as Southern Death Cult and Death Cult. Uh, Billy Duffy taught Johnny Marr to play the guitar. So um, yeah, just got a little interesting fact there. So opening the song on Spirit, Power and Soul, Quite dancey, uh, good, you know, floor filler, really friendly opener, sort of a new order sound to it. It's quite a good pumped up song. I was quite surprised how um, dancey this was. But again, I was remembering when he was in electronic, so I can hear similarities in that and his influences. You got track two, it's called Receiver, nice open sound, settles into a nice mid tempo groove, brilliant production in this album, I must say, as well. Every song's very well produced. Um, All These Days, it's another strong production song. Again, it's a classic Johnny Marr sound, it's a choppy guitar effect. So it's an old school indie song. If you obviously if you like the Smiths, this is sort of the one for you out this album, I would say. You got um, Aerial, it's an acoustic sound, and again, quite jangly. It's okay, it didn't blow me away. It's a bit, a bit of a droney song for me. It didn't, it's my weakest song on this album. And go cut straight into Lightning People, more again, more of a dance vibe on this one. It's quite an oasis feel. It's a bit stop-start. There's not too much structure to it, but it's okay in parts. You've got Hideaway. It's, I think, to me, this is the best song on the album. Classic, full-on track. Brilliant verse on this, really strong, catchy. Again, production's top class on this one again. 
you got Sensory Street. This was a single, a really good song. Nice synth bass on this one. It's a song that's got a bit of swagger to it. I really like this one. You got Tenement Time. It's a sort of loud in your face, catchy. It's more of a glam rock feel to it, but sort of like T Rex sort of thing going on with this one, I feel. Then you've got The Speed of Love. It's a slower downbeat track, really atmospheric. Nice tone. It's reminding me of How Soon Is Now. It's got that feel vibe to it. You've got Night and Day. So again, this is actually a really happy, upbeat song. So good pop song, good dance song. It's a bit like, again, like electronic. It reminds me of the project he done. And you've got Counterclock World, a song of two halves, this one. It's an upbeat opening. It's like, it's like Joy Division, she's lost control. It drops down a bit at the end. It's okay in parts. I like the intro to it. Rubicon, a short, moody song. It would be a good soundtrack song. And I know Johnny Mars done a lot of soundtracks. Um, and his CV again, this is reminding me of that. It's okay, a bit of a filler song though. It's, it's, it's all right though. You've got God's Gift, nice recovery song after Rubicon. I think it's, I think the album sort of seems to pick up on side four. It's a double album. It's sort of like they've got a 90s Manchester vibe on this one. It's really brilliant, really breath of fresh air and bring back memories of the Manchester scene. You've got Ghoster, I think this is like the hidden gem of this album, absolutely. Stunning. Just go and listen to this song, Steve. It's absolutely brilliant. I think it made, it made an absolutely brilliant single. Then you've got The Whirl. It's a straight-up sort of like rock-punk-influenced song. Really, really strong song. Brilliant. I like it. One of my favourites again. Um, the final song, track 16, is called Human. It's a really good closing song. Melancholic feel. It's sort of nice to end the song on a really, really good song. As I'm finding that in a lot of my reviews, I've done the Sounds very tired towards the end of the albums. This side four is absolutely brilliant. I'm giving this a nine out of ten. Haven't listened to much of Johnny Marr's solo stuff. I love the electronic, love the Smiths, but it's solo stuff. It's brilliant. I just chose this one just simply because I love the, co the, the cover to the album. But it's a nine out of ten for me. Really, really good, good review. I really, really enjoyed listening to this album. Great stuff, Johnny Marr. Uh, Sid, are you a, are you a, a big fan of Johnny Marr? I, I am. I saw the Smiths in 1986 at the Newcastle Mayfair, the infamous spitting gig. If anybody was there, they were. Um, it was a great gig. I didn't realise Paul Weller was there that night as well. Apparently, and he mentions it in uh, Mojo once. And I was near the front, and it was uh, they, they'd done most of the set, and somebody started spitting on Morrissey at the time, and uh, and basically walked off. And they came back on and said, "Anybody spits on me again, and that's it." And they basically started one song, and somebody gobbed on him. Walked off on the bloke at the front, got his head panned in off whoever was near the front. But it was a fantastic gig because I went to that gig and I wasn't the Smiths fan at the time. And I came away and I was converted. It was the Queen is Dead mm. tour. It was just yeah, fantastic show. Really great. Really, really great. His audio book's great as well. So his book's fantastic in terms of, we talked about Billy Duffy quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's a re some really, really good stories in it. It talks about the, the idea that they were going to reform the Smiths. I'm pleased they didn't. And I'm pleased he doesn't really have much to do with Morrissey these days, but that's another another issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's good. He's, his voice is unusual, but uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good live as well, and he's he's a great bloke. He's just a great mm -hmm. bloke. So yeah, I've got a lot of time for him. Top top man. Top top man. See, you were talking about spitting there, and um, one of my bands I like, The Damned. You've got Captain Sensible. That's why he wears his sunglasses. Right? Is that right? To well, stop that. Yeah. Well, in the old days, Joe, uh, Joe Strummer once caught uh, hepatitis through somebody spitting and it went right down his mm. throat. Mm -hmm. and, uh, 
ended up in hospital with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And the old punk days of people gobbing on bands, I did not mm-hmm. get that whatsoever. Absolutely vile. Mm-hmm. Just didn't 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 comprehend that one. I apparently no. alleged that St- Sid Vicious was the man who invented it. Uh invented, you know, started it. Um yeah. awful. absolutely awful. That's oh, true, that. I mean, Sid with the pogo as well. I think it yeah. was at the 100 Club yeah. or something like that. And yeah. Sid couldn't see the band, so he put his hands on the person in front of him, jumping up and down to see the band and spitting. So, yeah, that's uh, allegedly that's how the pogo started as well. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. I knew you two guys would get on uh, with with all your facts and uh, figures on, on music. Uh, we'll get it back to football. Newcastle, of course, with this being a pre-recorded show going out on Tuesday, uh, return to Premier League action at Villa Park. Uh, on Tuesday night, the game kicks off at the ridiculous hour of 8.15 uh, for live TV transmission. Uh, those of you sitting at home will be able to watch it on TNT Sports if you've got that package. Uh, and since a 2-1 win in September 2013, Newcastle have made six top flight visits without scoring. Uh, played out successive nil-nil draws before le- losing each of the last four games at Villa Park. Uh, the last magpie to find the net at Villa Park was Yuan Gufran in 2013. And since then, we've played out 557 scoreless Premier League minutes at Villa Park. Uh, the phrase, not a happy hunting ground, I think, was written for Villa Park for Newcastle in recent seasons. Uh, not included in that sequence is the 1-1 draw in the 2016-17 Championship season. Uh, our goal that day was actually uh, registered as a villain own goal. Uh, Eddie Howe spoke today, uh, Monday, that we're pre-recording the show at the press conference. Uh, he said he hoped that Miggy Almiron would rejoin the squad after his bout of illness. Obviously, photographs of him in the RVI led to speculation he could be having a medical, but that failed to be the case. Um, he was less optimistic about the other injury victim, uh, which is Jamal Lascelles. Uh, said that his injury isn't severe, but it will rule him out of this game on Tuesday, also said that uh, Callum Wilson and Harvey Barnes uh, would both miss out on the Villa game, but wouldn't give a specific time frame as to when those players were going to be back in uh, contention to play for Newcastle United. He then said that Willock and then Elliot Anderson are next down the pecking order for recovery time and coming back into the first team picture. Then Matt Target, Nick Pope and Joe Linton, they are further back. Uh, he did post a little reminder about Bruno Gamares. He's just one yellow card away from reaching 10 in the Premier League, which, of course, now triggers an automatic two-match ban. Anthony Gordon is two bookings short of the same punishment. So uh, let's hope uh, that he can swerve that, certainly tomorrow, and keep yourself in contention for the games ahead. As for Aston Villa, Unai Emery's press conference took place at 2 o'clock on Monday. Uh, Bertrand Traore is on AFCON duty for Burkina Faso. Uh, they space Mali in their last 16 tie uh, again on Tuesday. And ahead of our visit, Unai Emery's side drew nil-nil with Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the FA Cup fourth round on Friday night. On the home uh, pitch this season at Villa Park, uh, Aston Villa are unbeaten in all 10 Premier League games. They've won nine. They've drawn one. 29 goals they've scored, which is the highest total in the Premier League, and eight conceded at home, which is the joint lowest with Liverpool. The referee is John Brooks. This is his second appointment involving Newcastle so far this season. Uh, the last game he took charge of was the 2-1 defeat by Liverpool at St James's Park uh, when he sent off Virgil van Dijk. Brooks was also in charge of last season's Premier League visit to Villa Park by Newcastle, which was a, a fairly one-sided affair. 
And on VAR, uh, you either love it or you hate it, uh, you think it's switched off, is Andy Maidley. As I've already mentioned, it's live on TNT Sports. If you want to watch it live in Newcastle, freight Newcastle behind Highbridge, Pumpery's in the big market, and the Dog and Parrot on Clayton West Street will be showing the game live. So, lads, uh, this is a this is a huge game, not because it's our next one, but this is a this is a chance for Newcastle to close some close some valuable points back on a team that you know is is a competitor uh, to their place. You know, in you know, hopefully taking their place in Europe. We're looking to end a run of four successive Premier League defeats. The last time we were beaten five times in the top flight was 2020-21, between December and January. Our away form, uh, well, away from St James's Park, Eddie Howe's side have lost each of the last five Premier League games. Uh, That's since a 2-2 draw at Wolves in October. We've not lost six in a row on the road since 2015-2016, which, of course, was a relegation campaign. So, Sid, I'm going to come to you first. Big game. Big game for us, this. Massive against probably our closest rivals in terms of where both teams are at. Uh, they've both been taken over rough, you know, in terms of new management. They've both been doing exceptionally well since the management was taken over. So obviously we were a little bit ahead in terms of Eddie Howe. But quite similar teams, quite similar teams in many respects. Um it's going to be a really, really tough game. I mean, their home form is absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Um, I do think we'll break our scoring duck. Uh, I'll be amazed if we go six games off the bounce there and not score. I mean, the, the chances of that must be astronomical. So I would expect us to score. I think it's going to be a really tough game. The, the, the thing that's on our side is their high press. They push so high up. They're literally on the halfway line. We've got players with pace. If Murphy's playing, which I hope he is, Isaac lightning quick and then Gordon lightning quick, we have a real chance of going over the top and hitting them on a break. That's that's the way we're going to score. Likewise, they're probably in the same, they're probably in the same boat. I mean, they, 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 they've got a good midfield. They've got a good midfield. And their centre-forward seems to tear us apart for some reason. Because I, I don't really rate them that highly, but he seems to do really well against our back four. Um, it's going to be a really tough game. It's a really, really tough game. I, I, yeah. I think we, I think we might nick a draw. I think we might nick a draw against them. Um, I would take a draw. I would take a draw now. To be honest, Rob. I mean, you know, you watch Newcastle. Um, you're, you're, you're a Gateshead fan. Newcastle is fan, Newcastle fan as well. Um, you know, uh, we struggle to find a bit of form at the minute. That's the problem. But the the last, you know, the, the win against Sunderland, now a win against Fulham, uh, two away games. Let's let's point that out. Uh, one against our, you know, our our local northeast rival, and one against a team who, you know, has, has just got to the the later stages of the Carabao Cup as we did last season. But we've we've comprehensively beaten them three nil and two nil respectively. You know, we just need to turn that form in the cup into that in the league. It shouldn't be mm-hmm. that difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm just going to predict a 3-1 to Newcastle. I'm um, very optimistic, and I think, that why not? I'm like that, get the ball down to Gordon, get balls in the box. You know, they're pressing high, just get Isak on the end of them. If Trippier's playing, balls in the box. Gung-ho, going two-feeted, set them, just hit them. Plenty of pace, Gordon on the ball. 
Yeah, Gordon's a, Gordon's a key in this game for me. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, he is he is on two he is on two yellow card, uh, you know, two more yellow cards, and he, and he is suspended. Sid, if we lose, you know, if we lose Bruno or we lose Gordon, I, I guess we what we discussed earlier was the fact that Murphy's back. We need we need to see Barnes and Willock back in the team. Well, I, I think later, I, I think Barnes will be back within about four weeks. So. By the time Gordon does get his two yellow cards, unless he gets them in the next couple of games, then I think I think we've got cover there. I think we'll, we'll have cover there. Willock sounds like he's out for a longer period. I've, there's nothing coming out of the club with regards to Willock, and he's been a massive concern. He's been a massive miss, actually, just because mm. of the fact he gets the ball and he pushes, he drives on with the ball and he gets fouled. So he takes up a lot of time and he pushes us, he pushes us forward. We don't really have that sort of player in the club. Miley could be that sort of player, mind you, but not not quite at the moment. Um, so yeah, we definitely yeah, Gordon is the key. I mean, is she a blistering pace and he's crossing ability? He's not bad either, and he can cross with both feet, which is uh, which is often overlooked. So I think he's been a I think he's been a massive asset this year, and he for me should be nailed on for the Euros. Absolutely nailed on for the Euros. Ahead of some of the players that we're getting in in that squad at the moment, I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe some of the hype given over some of the players. The lad at Chelsea, for example, who went from Man City, they're wetting themselves over. He scored five penalties. You know, Gordon doesn't take any penalties. He scored a number of goals now. He's done a number of assists, and he's been absolutely sensational. Absolutely sensational. So yeah, he is a key. He's an absolute. He is an absolute key. But so just as much as Murphy, because you've got to alleviate the pressure. You can't just have it all on one side. It's got to it's got to be coming from both sides, and that's that's something we've not had this season. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, well, your prediction, Sid? If you offer me two two, I'll snap your arms off. I'm going to go two two as well. Rob, are you confident? We're going to get we're going to get three points. Or are you going for a draw as well? I'm going for three one. You're going for three one to Newcastle. Yeah, that's confident, yeah, yeah. mate. <laughs> yeah. Hey, mm -hmm. that's confident. I hope you're right. I hope out, out mm -hmm. of the three predictions, I hope you're right. We're going to finish off uh, as as those of you who tuned in last week will know. Sid likes to review uh, a book and, and give you a bit of a push uh, to in a direction if you're looking for something to read. Uh, it's this one, Sid. This week it is, and it's quite funny because it's called Elvis Costello: Unfaithful Music and Invisible Ink. <laughs> and uh, you can barely see and invisible ink disappearing in sorry at the bottom there, which is actually quite amusing. It's a really good book. Uh, it's it's cut, it came out about 2015, and since then he's had cancer, so it would be nice for him to do an update mm -hmm. on it because I, I've seen him at least at least 25 times, and the, the cancer has significantly affected his voice, in my opinion. And what he's done is his, his pitch has gone up. So he's hitting all these high notes now, but he's struggling a little bit on other ends. And uh, But it's a great book. And what's interesting as well, it's not in chronological order. So he jumps around a little bit. It, start, it keeps flitting back and forth, and it's very, very good. He's quite candid. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great read. I'm a huge fan. I think for about 15 years, he was almost untouchable from 77 to 92. Mm -hmm. I thought he was absolutely top, top draw. He really, really was. You know, maybe he's less so, I would argue, later. But up to that point, he was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Were you going to put the album on there, Steve, were you? Um, yeah, I, I, that's a, that yep. picture there. Yep. No, very, I'll be very brief. Uh, I, I was going to recommend King of America. And uh, basically, it's an album that came out in 1986. 
and it features Elvis Presley's old backing band, um, TCP. It's taking care of business is what it stands for. And it's got James Burton on guitar, who was unbelievable. Jerry Sheff, the old bass player, and Ron Tutt, as well as Earl Palmer and all these great rock and roll sort of musicians. It's an Americana-style album, so it's very different. It's very stripped back. It's an absolutely incredible album. It's produced by T-Burn Bumbanet, who also did albums by Robert Plant, John Mellencamp. It's, it influences Springsteen's Tunnel of Love album that just comes out not long afterwards. You can hear the influence. It's a, a fantastic Americana stroke alt country type album. Just, it's a work of genius, in my opinion. It's a five-star album all day long. It's an absolute work of brilliance. But the little anecdote was, first time I saw him was in 1987 in January. And uh, we were front row at the City Hall, maybe mate Neil. And uh, Costello came on and he, he did a bit, a little bit of songs on his own. He was on for two hours forty-five. It was an amazing show with the with the with the uh, with the Elvis Presley backing band. And by the end of the gig, I was covered in Elvis Costello's spittle because he's <laughs> he's renowned for singing and like spraying. Mm. And absolutely soaked by the end. And the bass player Jerry Chef, who bizarrely went and lived in Northumberland for quite a long time. Uh, and it was, you know, which is a bit weird. Uh, I remember him looking down and laughing, and he nodded at one point as well, like laughing at the whole scenario. What a great, great, great gig that was, though. So, yeah, can't can't recommend it enough. Fantastic mm-hmm. album, and what a great gig. Brilliant gig. Just really, really great fun. Superb. Elvis Costello fan, Rob? Um, yes, I am. Obviously, my favourite band is Squeeze, and Elvis has done a lot with, with uh, Squeeze. Uh, East Side Story produced that, um, wrote several songs with Squeeze, and obviously Steve Naive played in Squeeze lineup in 1990 and 92 as well. But um, yeah, I do. Um, I admire him. I admire his work for songwriting as well. It's outstanding. Outstanding. Great stuff. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, as always. Uh, please hit the uh, the likes on the video. Please click share to share to your social media and uh, make sure you subscribe. It is free. If you're watching on TV, just take the time to go to any UFC matters uh, on your uh, mobile or on your computer and uh, hit the subscribe button. It is free. We do seven shows a week. But now, uh, thanks to Sid. Thanks to Rob. I look forward to seeing you guys next week. And uh, let's hope uh, that uh, Rob's prediction's right, not mine and Sid. <laughs> take care, lads. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.